0: to The Bomb Shelter, your weekly journey through the miraculous world of film. This is episode seven of our podcast, which is called yeah. The Bomb Shelter with Pat yes. and Max. Over there, that's Pat. Over here, yes. that's me. I'm Max. Over Not there Max. is
1: Max. Over here is Pat.
0: Yes. Just to be very, very clear in terms of where we are in the room for you right are. now, I hope yes. that you can see us. We're waving at you right now. This is episode Hi. seven.
1: It's Pat, the you, Force how Awakens. How are you doing? This is the Force Awakens of uh bomb shelter episodes. I'm doing great, Max. Uh how are you?
0: Your, your connection fully timed out. I, I couldn't hear you for like a minute. Let, let me let me check. My interconnection is fine actually. And so am I. So am I. It's it's uh <laughs> now we're we're leading up to to a couple of big life things. Not quite there yet, but still there's a couple of nice things happening in my private life that I'm that I'm very glad that I've managed to manifest this year. Uh, wonderful. Absolutely. Yes. The, great, the volcanic man. ash still going, not as strong as last week. I did not fall fall violently ill because of those. And <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 very glad that it's managed to to stay that way. So uh, yes. Before we get into anything, we would just like the audience that has somehow tuned in for, for the seventh time now to, well, thank you and yes. hope you have been enjoying the podcast so far. We sure as hell have. If you haven't subscribed so already, please do so on your preferred platform.
1: And then subscribe on all the other platforms. Just subscribe on all of them. Just yes. overload your notification center. Just do, but just do whatever the hell you want. Subscribe, then unsubscribe, then subscribe again. Do it as many times as you want. It's like voting. Do it as many times, do it as many times as you can and want.
0: Yeah, and well, if you have little, <laughs> the very little space that you might have left on your phone, download another podcast app and subscribe to us on there. I promise exactly. you it is space well used
1: yes exactly exactly you know like uh amen to that brother amen to that
0: (laughs) (laughs) right are you a religious guy pat are you do you go to church on sunday
1: um i call the movies church so i guess um, no, I'm, I, oh I used, God. I used, I used to be, I'm, I'm a, I'm an agnostic now. Cause, uh, I like Yermo del Toro, I I see. he's agnostic, so I'm agnostic. Okay. That's not the reason why I'm agnostic. Not, I'm agnostic, not because of any personal
0: or... conviction or.
1: <laughs> yeah. Look, my personal conviction is I'm going to do whatever Yermo del Toro does. So that's. I that's, see. That's, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm agnostic for real reasons, but no, I'm not, I'm not a religious dude. My dude, are you?
0: No, I'm not. I'm not. And, uh yeah it's 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 a little more complicated than that i I would also consider myself agnostic though at this very point no i just asked because you said amen to us
1: i will say after watching mac and me i i do need the presence of god in my life i do do need him back in my heart one way or another i i need to know his peace and his and his blessing once more um i don't know what reality is anymore (laughs) My dreams are haunted by terrifi- uh, by a terrifying family of creatures walking through fire like they're the Terminator. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm in am di- in dire need of faith at the moment.
0: So this is episode seven, our feature presentation. <laughs> yeah. I I either want to label it a cheap shot presentation or yes. an infamous all time classic, an all time classic. Bathed- yes. In infamy, because yes, Mac and Me is a infamous E.T. ripoff from the '80s that has managed to stay relevant through the very hard work (laughs) of one Paul Rudd on the Conan (laughs) O'Brien. show paul
1: rudd and also honest trailers because i didn't know what mac and me was before honest trailers and then i started watching every single paul rudd interview on conan and i was like oh so that's where this clip is from (laughs) like it was just funny as a joke and i was like no this is from an actual movie will you look at that (laughs) i didn't know that
0: yeah that kid in a wheelchair he suffers a lot but before we get into that pat would you like to talk about uh, a couple of things that you might have seen this week
1: Oh, Max, do I? Um, so this week, uh, I did a, a little bit of watching of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, as I do all Again. the time. I love no, it's, I didn't rewatch the entirety of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I kept my rewatch. I I kept going with the rewatch that I started a couple weeks ago. I see. Because I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, and I let me check my letterbox. Cause yes, we are film buffs. That means we have letterbox accounts. <laughs> Um, precisely
0: we're we're not telling you our favorite four though we're we're not we're saving that up for the future
1: we're we're saving that for the future one day we're gonna do a section where we're just talking about our favorite four on letterbox which might change all the time we're
0: just we're just gonna talk about letterbox for about three hours that's what (laughs) i was planning
1: yeah let's do a three hour talk about letterbox well my favorite function is the one where you get to change the posters but only if you pay them um so what else did I watch this week? I watched a little bit of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, I rewatched Avengers: Infinity War uh, because it's fun. It's a fun movie. Um, here's the thing: I can't think of anything else but the upcoming third season of I Think You Should Leave, um, and that's that's which comes what I'm out in expecting. four days. It's in four days, and I can, could not be happier and more excited for that to come out. Um, I'm also thinking, because I'm going to go watch The Little Mermaid on Sunday. I'm going to go watch the new Little Mermaid movie on Sunday, so I have to rewatch the old one. Because I haven't, in a minute, I haven't re The Old Little Mermaid in a second. Uh, cause, but I want to see it before I go watch the new one, so I can be like, huh, as far as remakes go... Uh, I don't know how this one pans out. I don't know anything about the new Little Mermaid except that racists are mad at it. Um, that's as far as I know. Uh, but yeah, man, I think you should yeah, but
0: Racists are mad at everything nowadays. Everything yeah. is sort of wokeism gone mad. I think, yeah, Miles Morales is also being targeted quite heavily by this exact yep. same group of people, which, I mean. The country
1: of Mexico is being targeted by, like, they're threatening invasion. All of them racists are threatening invasion because we have a lithium mine or something. It's a crazy oh. politics thing. Oh, oh the yeah. lithium. I've, I've, that seen, I've precious, seen a couple precious of those
0: a couple of politicians who are talking very, very clearly about how we cannot give up the lithium reserves in this beautiful country that is Mexico.
1: I, 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 here's the thing. I don't normally agree with Mexican politicians, but here's the thing. I kind of agree it's our lithium finders keepers, <laughs> so stay out of my house, please. Um, yeah, Precisely. we get political on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not afraid to go there.
1: <laughs> we're not afraid to go there. Now let's talk about what you watched this week, and then Mac. <laughs> yes, So
0: you know, the serious well, questions. So, th- so this week I saw the Kate Berland special that came out, I think, last year. The special. Let me just quickly check what it was named again it's directed by bo burnham who has been working quite a lot with kate berlant recently so the special is called cinnamon in the wind it is uh, it's one of those special that fits into the narrative of its shot in such a creative way its presentation it's so unique that it sort of fucks up the grading curve for every yeah. other comedy special
1: it's like bo burnham's inside to me the inside is one of the greatest things that ever came out of the pandemic it's the greatest thing to come out of the pandemic if we're being honest i think um, i was
0: i was gonna say that probably the greatest it's, thing
1: it's wonderful it's one of the most creative uses of space and lighting that i've ever seen and it's all shot in one room with equipment you buy on amazon it's fantastic uh yeah man it's bo burnham too he's he knows what he's doing
0: And he also directed Kate Brillant in a play that's called Kate, which I haven't been able to see because I haven't traveled to the States in a bit.
1: Neither have I. The last time I went, I got a COVID vaccine and then fever for two days.
0: Well, I mean, that was that was one of the infamous side effects of the COVID vaccine.
1: (laughs) One of the infamous side effects of the COVID vaccine is being in Texas, which sucks. (laughs) <laughs> hey. That was an, unfor- hey. an unfortunate side product. Hey. Yeah, we get political. <laughs> hey.
0: Austin is quite rad. Let me tell you that. Okay. Austin is okay.
1: cool. Okay, yeah. I mean, I went to Houston. Houston looks t- looks ugly. It's got good food. It's got good Asian food. I'll say that much. If you're in Houston, you got good Asian food.
0: Yeah, and you have a very nice park that is huge. That yeah. too.
1: Yeah, you do. That's that's true.
0: But besides the Kate Berland special to get back on track, I haven't had much time to watch anything else. I'm well, my most anticipated film of the year is dropping next weekend, which I'm very excited about right now. And I still to this very day don't have a quite good idea of what the plot is, do you?
1: of into the spider across the spider-verse uh I can, precisely yes um i don't i mean i don't know the details because i have not watched the movie or seen any spoilers much like you and i i don't have an intention to because i've figured out i figured out what a lot of people have figured out which is that if you don't spoil the movie beforehand your experience is a lot better um which do is you what
0: hear I that Andy do you hear that, Andy Muschietti? Do you hear that? Fast X, Mu- whoever leaked that?
1: Oh, uh, Fast X is uh, Leterrier, right? Yeah, Louis Leterrier, Le- Thier- Le Le- famous famous Louis Leterrier.
0: Yeah, no, but a, one very big...
1: Muschietti is Flash, right? Yes, Muschietti. Muschietti
0: is Flash, and he this week just openly talked about a massive spoiler <laughs> in the film.
1: Oh, man, that sucks. But uh, I, I think, look... By what I can tell, and because I've read Spider-Verse comics, and because I love Spider-Man, and because this is a superhero movie, and most of them are pretty predictable, um, I bet it's Miles Morales being like, Hey, Gwen, please let me into the Spider-Army. And then they let him in, and Miguel O'Hara is like, No, you're threatening space-time for some reason, because that's what Spider-Man does now in movies and media. He's like, oh, no, it's just this kid from Queens, and he threatens the integrity of the multiverse somehow. I don't know. Um, and then well, he's Miles Morales him. is from Brooklyn, so get that right, Pat. Well, yeah, I mean, Peter. what I mean is Peter Parker, No Way Home. He's like, oh, I want to go to college. Sure, let's destroy the fabric of reality so you can go to college with your buddies. Um, man, Spider-Man is very irresponsible, and even though he's supposed to be the most responsible character in in all of Marvel, but sure. No, it just really? it just looks like he's. I mean, his entire thing is responsibility. Like his entire. Yeah.
0: But I, I would uh, say at Reed, least, Richards, look, Reed Richards. Reed Richards is least, probably more responsible than Peter Parker.
1: No, Pete, Reed Richards is super responsible. He's if he wasn't so lovable, he everyone would be like, my god, this guy's a monster. This guy sucks. He built bombs to destroy entire universes. Yeah, man, he's he's messed up in the head. Um. Uh, no, but, yeah, yeah, at least, look, okay. Tom Holland's Spider-Man, at least, is very irresponsible. Very, very, he's, like, destroying Staten Island fairies because of his recklessness. He's he's doing a whole lot of dumb things. I mean, he's also enabled by Tony Stark, who is also famously irresponsible, and then Doctor Strange, who is probably the biggest idiot in all of the MCU. Yeah, the other day i was reading like a top 20 list of like the best mcu heroes and dr strange was on is like dude this guy has threatened the fabric of reality for kicks multiple times this guy sucks
0: well yeah uh, you, you know what we're doing right now it's very similar to episode one we're getting massively sidetracked
1: <laughs> massively sidetracked yeah so should we just talk because about Mac and Me? Because <laughs> I could talk about I Mac and Me I don't really want to, which week.
0: is why I would like to keep getting sidetracked, but I think that is the purpose <laughs> that we've set out with this show.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I guess, I guess the purpose of the show is to talk about bad movies, including this one, which is Nightmarish. So uh, if you want, I can get into the plot of this movie. Um,
0: Let me tell so. you what Mac and Me is about.
1: <laughs> okay, so. tell, us, tell us what Mac and Me is about.
0: We have an alien planet, an alien planet, with a family just minding their business, and a U.S. exploration vessel that's collecting rocks arrives near this family, Mm -hmm. and through some kind of happenstance, this exploration vessel ends up vacuuming this entire (laughs) alien family in and then flies back to Earth by itself, which I, I don't think we have those kind of vessels in present day <laughs> even, or, or do we? That's crazy. No. Regardless. We, we, did, Once... we didn't have
1: them in 88. That's, that's the craziest part. It's like, oh, no, they would just have left that on the other planet and just gathered data or whatever. Like, yeah, it's insane.
0: Gather data, send it back. Yeah. Once the space agency is looking through the findings of this exploration vessel the aliens come out of the ship escape the station but in the process (laughs) their youngest kid gets lost and he finds refuge in a three-person family with a young kid eric older kid michael And Mother, do you remember what her name was? Janet, if I'm not mistaken, Janet. All right. So Janet, Michael, and Eric are moving from Illinois to California. And the youngest alien kid boards their moving van. Mm -hmm. They even go through a checkpoint, and they're just unaware that the alien boarded their car. And the person searching at the checkpoint doesn't find it either. So they arrive yep. in their new California home. Which is one, a wonderful California home, if I can say so. An amazing house. At least three bedrooms. It's, <laughs> at it's least. a very nice house that they arrive very at. Very nice. Yeah. And the alien gets out of the van into the house and just starts wreaking havoc. It has the power <laughs> to activate electrical devices so (laughs) the young kid eric sees a tv that isn't plugged in but somehow is broadcasting stuff a nice little remote control car with an american flag on it drives around by itself without the remote even having a battery on it
1: yeah exactly exactly
0: the alien makes a mess out of the family home
1: and oh my god, I would be so mad. <laughs> like, he, he uses bus sauce on the door. He drills through the that wonderful, wonderful house with those wonderful wood panel doors. I would be like, oh, I, I would murder that alien immediately.
0: They are <laughs> ruined. So the youngest kid, Eric, <laughs> goes outside to look for this alien. And that's yes. where we get the infamous wheelchair driving down a cliff. <laughs> where the neighboring girl tries to warn Eric but is unsuccessful in her venture. Yes. Eric gets put on sedatives because no one (laughs) quite believes what's happened besides the girl next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two concoct a trap together to get the alien and once they catch him, the older brother, Michael, now also believes in him as well. And long story short, he's trying to communicate with his family in order to reunite with them. They try to help him. There's government In agents. other words,
1: he's trying to phone home. So if you Not know.
0: quite. He's trying to phone his family because, I mean, <laughs> we're skipping to the end. They do not return yeah. home.
1: They do not return. No, they don't. Instead, they take the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever, and they drive off in a Cadillac.
0: Exactly. The American dream. The American dream, indeed. I mean, that massive house. (laughs) That's that's, that's a big house. Those came cheap back in the day, man. Those came cheap, especially California real estate. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly.
1: For a single mother with two kids, who's apparently only returning to work after many, many years.
0: Oh, I'm guessing that her partner either died or got divorced so they might have a chunk of change who knows they might who knows mac is trying to contact his family but isn't close to them enough to do this whistling ritual that they do to contact each other so through a series of coincidences which include a mcdonald's birthday party with a massive choreographed dance they end up in the desert find the family try to find their way back get into a huge shootout with the police where a mini mall explodes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like a convenience store and, explodes out of nowhere.
0: And Eric, the wheelchair kid, is dead because he was in front of the explosion. The aliens, however, bring him back to life and afterwards, yeah. which is the ending of the film, get turned to U.S. citizens and drive <laughs> off in a nice little car as a family, the uh, the patriarch is wearing a nice little suit, the matriarch, a beautiful dress and some nice earrings. And the little kid, which at this point has been named Mac, and I'm not sure why, is wearing a little McDonald's t-shirt. I know why.
1: I know why. Because it's a mysterious alien creature, but it's also the first three letters of McDonald's. Oh, very good.
0: Very good. I guess I missed that part. I might have been, I'm not going to lie, I might have quickly replied to a text message when that was said. (laughs) Here's the
1: thing. If you at home are asking, this is basically E.T., you are not wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> you are not. So here's the thing. So the story behind this movie, because I know a little bit about this movie. Please. I I, I did some research. So uh, this came out after E.T. This came out many, many, a couple of years after E.T. came out. Um, so McDonald's, which sponsored this movie, needed a movie or a franchise or something that could fund the various, like, Ronald McDonald charities for children and stuff, and that's why there's a disabled kid as the protagonist and stuff. Like, they needed a bunch, like, a thing that would produce money, like, passive income in order to fund these charities. And they were like, so we're going to make a movie. And the people that they paid to make the movie were like, what if we just do E.T.? Did you like E.T.? I liked E.T. You remember that movie, right? That good, good movie E.T.? Let's do that movie. Um... But they did it in a way that was weirdly, cartoonishly violent.
0: Unfortunately, none of the people involved in that making were named Steven Spielberg. So Unfortunately. Even though we were going there's... for E.T., we didn't quite get E.T. now, did we?
1: Yeah, there's one talented individual in this entire cast and crew. Do you want to know what name it is? Do you want to know who it is? Want to take a guess?
0: I think it's the actress who plays the mother, the mother right?
1: Nope, it's Alan Silvestri who did the score. <laughs> That's true. Well,
0: okay. Okay, you said ensemble. Alan... I was I was thinking cast, but I also I wrote said Alan crew. Silvestri's name as in,
1: "Whoa, he worked on this?" <laughs> yeah, I was I was shocked that he was on this. He's the back to the future and the Marvel guy, and he's you know, every every composer slummed it, even John Williams slummed it at some point. But I was so shocked. They they took a a
0: job for the paycheck. That's what most of them probably
1: did at some point or another. Exactly. Like, you know, so everyone does it. But I was like, how is Alan Silvestri in this? This is after Back to the Future. How is Alan Silvestri in this? Why is he doing this? You don't need to do this. You're okay, Alan Silvestri.
0: Yeah, either they paid him a lot of money or they paid his charity a lot of money. And that's how they, this could have yeah. happened. I, I would assume at the very least, you know, one show of, business is one of, is one of those choices, kind of businesses. Yeah.
1: So uh, do you want to get into good stuff? Okay, well... I have, I have one or two notes about stuff that I actually thought was cool about this movie. And the, one the most two. important, The most important one is that this is unintentionally very funny (laughs) this can be very very unintentionally unironically funny and nightmarish because obviously you're looking at this and you're like well this is e.t because there's everyone and their mother has watched e.t um and i mean i i know it by heart i tend to think that it is one of the most perfect movies ever made that's just my opinion you'll never you can't find certainly a
0: blockbuster masterpiece you'll find
1: You'll find few movies that are as delicately balanced and well put together and masterfully executed as E.T. is. Um, So everyone knows what E.T. is. Everyone knows, like, the beats. Everyone, like, the biggest miracle of E.T. is the fact that they show you this very disgusting alien creature. And they make him endearing and lovable and something you immediately pour your affection into. Uh, this movie does not do any of those. Th- like it does those things, but not doesn't execute them well enough for it to be for it to have the same effect. Um, so you're watching this and you you're seeing the ET beats, but it looks and it feels like an ET parody because the creatures never stop being disgusting. So <laughs> I was uh, I was uh, I was laughing the whole time. Well... Every time the family was like grimly walking through the desert, like it was Matt Max Thunderdome, <laughs> like it was. I was so... I I couldn't stop laughing at at how weird it looks. It's so strange. It's so bizarre and upsetting. I couldn't help not laughing. Given
0: the fact that your convictions, as you've said yourself, are based on copying Guillermo del Toro, I think you should practice (laughs) a little more empathy towards these creatures, Pat. That's all I'm saying. Yeah,
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, I have empathy for E.T. because he's just trying to phone home. But these creatures are like robbing convenience stores and stealing guns from people and like (laughs) causing it there's literally a scene towards the end of the movie where the this family of aliens is just walking through the fire like they're the freaking terminator and you're like this is how how did no one see this and think this is creepy this is this is very strange and upsetting so
0: i wrote down the characteristics of these aliens to try to understand what the species is about so um First of all, all right, they do not appear to have a skeleton because they do not (laughs) know. They can be absorbed through a vacuum cleaner, even a tube, a sort of vacuum (laughs) tube, but they need water to survive because they can dehydrate. Right. Yes. And a one of the plot points in the film is the family and the little alien at different points stealing a Coca Cola and drinking it in order to survive. Yes. Okay. Then. Yes. They might be well. The little kid might be tiny, but it's real strong. Yeah. After the after Eric, the person in the wheelchair. You know, falls off the cliff and into a pond the alien by itself manages to rescue him yeah <laughs> what else is there well okay um they so based on that i said they must have like groot like powers because yeah groot, okay. in the second guardians film when he is baby groot can still grow but well, grow out his hand and then fight somebody, but has to, you know, grow up still. Yeah, I would compare. Yes, yes. If we think about it, James Gunn might have ripped off Mac from Mac and Me when it comes to. <laughs> if you
1: if you think about it, or maybe, maybe just the let's, decades let's, of let's comics. Let's not say James Lord. Gunn.
0: Let's say Marvel Comics. Exactly, Marvel Comics. Let's someone say Marvel at Marvel Comics, comics yeah. saw Mac and Me and said, you know what? What would, what would be better if this weren't an alien but a tree?
1: but it's also an alien tree so it's both
0: you're right you're absolutely right it's a right. flora
1: excuse me it's not a treat it's a flora colossi please why why'd you
0: have to be like a proper comics nerd as well okay i'm a,
1: I'm a comics nerd bro okay you,
0: you're a comics nerd i'm a sports nerd that's that's what makes us different <laughs> but we're the what- same
1: what are we? Two characters with different perspectives. That's from Oh, hello. Um, okay, so here's the species, another note I have the species, about. Something wait, wait a second. I, wait a second. The species. Okay, we're still talking about the species.
0: The species, highly intelligent, highly intelligent, very smart. The little alien Mac takes a remote control car and drives it through the roads, trying to find, I guess, its family.
1: I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also indestructible. Pat has mentioned a couple times. Yes. They walk through fireproof. Fire. Fireproof. Yes. Well, and also I said indestructible because before Mac manages to find the family's van. Yeah. He gets I run over and squished
1: multiple times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he's fine. He gets sucked up into a vacuum twice and he's okay. That's um, true. That shock is shock resistant? Um, well
0: yeah i mean they, they are probably electric themselves because they don't have a skeleton and are made of rubber
1: yes he, they are rubber based life forms exactly <laughs> that's what they, they need water in order to maintain elasticity and their rubbery consistency
0: probably they otherwise go. they dry out and they that's the brittle. species uh i don't know if it has an official name or not, but
1: <laughs> let's call them creepy motherfuckers they are <laughs> some creepy they are some creepy looking bastards um so I have a note here about something that I actually thought was cool about this movie. Please. Which is, for, for 1988, the fact that they have a disabled protagonist and they treat it very casually, like they don't make, they don't make a bunch of wheelchair jokes the way they would have in other movies and stuff like that. It's very okay. progressive for the 1980s. I will say this with the caveat that this movie, despite being progressive on that front, is immediately, like five minutes later, whitewashing Native American and First Nations cultures with this little girl in a teepee playing at the side of the road, like, immediately. Immediately, like, it's it's a one-two punch. So it's, it's progressive in some ways, and then it's like, ah, that's the 80s, I know. Yeah. But it's still, like, it's still cool that a movie, especially a movie that had a big budget like this, or a semi-big budget, um, had a kid that was, like, a disabled protagonist. Don't look it up, I know the budgets. So E.T. had a $10 million budget, <laughs> Okay. And Mac and me had a Mac and me Mac and me had a thirteen million dollar budget. Wait, so it and cost it,
0: more to make than E.T.?
1: Yeah, because McDonald's threw their money at it. Oh my and so god! And Coca Cola. It had it had McDonald's and Coca Cola behind it. E.T. Well, yeah. only had uh you know a, a shoelace Reese's. and a dream. Um, <laughs> it only had a shoelace and a dream, and somehow the creature effects look worse. <laughs> Oh, but it's also but it's also like a latex costume and like a baby mask. <laughs> it looks like a cartoon baby mask.
0: And the small alien must be a puppet. Now, that the small be alien. Actor.
1: Yes, that is a stop motion. There's scenes where it's very clearly a stop motion puppet. Okay. With like with very like well. Stan Winston robotics inside. But yeah, the the matriarch and the patriarch are very clearly dudes <laughs> in a costume, just like weirdly walking like (laughs) they're walking around like they're uh the monster in the shape of water (laughs) in that convenience store just like (laughs) grabbing a coke and stuff but yeah that's my positive note is that it's weirdly progressive for an 80s movie to have a disabled protagonist and to not treat him in a way that is cruel even if there is a scene where he falls over a cliff
0: i was gonna say the cruelty i mean debatable
1: yeah, it's debatable, but it's not, like, openly, like, making disabled jokes the way a lot of 80s movies would have. Like, they, they there would have been a lot of characters that would have been like, hey, that's Crutches McGee to, like, a character with crutches or whatever. <laughs> Look at Crutches okay. over there. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of 80s movies that are like that. There's a lot of 90s movies that are like that. I, I remember watching Wild Wild West with, with Will Smith. And the villain, played by Kenneth Branagh, is, like, a Confederate, I want slavery backs character. But he's in a wheelchair, and they spend the entire movie making jokes about how he's like, um, (laughs) about how he's in a wheelchair. (laughs) They're like making jokes about like, well, whenever someone important comes in the room, I find that to be an occasion to stand up or or something like, (laughs) something like, like a lot of stuff like that. They make a lot of. I'm going to say
0: you're you're allowed to mock racists, regardless of their (laughs) appearance. Their physical features.
1: <laughs> their physical shortcomings? Where were we? <laughs> what were we talking about? Yes, we, oh, the... were,
0: we were talking about how progressive this movie is for its time. Yes. Even though the disabled character first well, falls down a cliff and second of all temporarily dies. Did you know that there is a deleted piece of the minimal sequence where Eric, the disabled protagonist... Gets shot.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, this 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 is one of this is the only thing that I would have done to improve this movie. Leave that in. Don't be cowards. Leave that in.
1: Exe- ex- yeah, you're cowards. <laughs> Whoever directed this movie, you're a coward. Whoever um,
0: I- had the oversight power to cut this out, you
1: made a mistake, man,
0: or woman, um, or woman,
1: or woman, or woman, or or a person, it could be a it could be a they as well. Um, I was there's one more note that I think is positive. It's more of a joke than a real thing. Okay, um, this is apparently a Jennifer Aniston's first role, first movie.
0: Okay, now tell me the punchline <laughs> of that joke because I know Jennifer Aniston is not in here.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Aniston is in this movie, uncredited, but she is in this movie somewhere. I have no idea where she is, but she's Wait, in there. So this isn't a joke. It's not a joke. It's, it's okay. just a funny observation. But it's like, I'm saying it as a positive because Jennifer Aniston is delightful. And if this is the movie that brought her into the fold, then I'm thankful to Mac and me, you know?
0: <laughs> Wait, so I don't, then maybe she's in the McDonald's and she's one of the dancers or something Maybe, like
1: that? probably, yes. During Who the knows? McDonald's
0: dance sequence also, the... Mac puppet gets briefly swapped out for a kid that can dance.
1: <laughs> yes exactly and he's in the, that creepy ass teddy bear costume. Maybe exactly. that's Jennifer Aniston, who knows. This is the late 80s so who knows. I mean yeah it
0: does wouldn't necessarily have to be a boy or a girl or a gender neutral kid.
1: Yeah, it just had to be a kid. Just had to be a kid in a creepy teddy bear the, costume.
0: Exactly, someone who fits into the teddy bear costume. And yeah, you, you would justify Mac all of a sudden looking a lot taller by saying, well, he can stretch <laughs> himself, right? We've yeah. just established that his powers kind of work like groups, so Yeah, he wouldn't groups actually like... be able to stretch himself regardless.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so do you have any more positive notes before we go into <laughs> making fun of this movie? Because it's Mac- a fun movie to make Man,
0: fun of. birthdays at McDonald's sure look awesome.
1: Yes, exactly. That's what I was... There's no birthday at McDonald's that I ever went to that was this cool.
0: No, me neither. No.
1: There's like Ronald McDonald doing bottle service. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's some There's some uh, football players who I would assume are from USC because they're in California, even though their uniforms also look eerily similar to the Washington team at the time, which had a racist name that I'm not going to repeat here. Yep. Um... There are multiple choreographed dances during this multiple. McDonald's yes. birthday sequence and let me tell you something it's blocked well and the dancers they dance their ass off
1: also the score i mean they're clearly trying to do John Williams ET score yeah but it's not bad if you if you're going for ET uh if you're go- i mean going for John Williams is a is a worthy aspiration, I guess. <laughs> so it's if you're gonna
0: rip off someone, rip off Steven John Spielberg not and John a, Williams. Yeah, it's yeah. not a bad place to start in terms of music because this movie is ripping off Steven Spielberg and overall <laughs> does a kind
1: of a bad job at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's go into the bad stuff. So I have some serious notes and I have some funny notes. So because I was, I thought it was a very funny. movie. I think we can
0: start with the fact that the aliens look genuinely horrifying.
1: Yes, they look so creepy. <laughs>
0: It is. they're not
1: they're not nearly as expressive as the as the e t creature like they they're missing they're missing the eyebrows they're missing like the shape of the mouth like the mouth is like a little tube and that's it. Uh, yeah, they have big bulging eyes and that that is not a calming presence in a movie. No. Um, the ears are weird. the fact that they're naked and they're so the fact that they're so humanoid, I guess is the problem to me. like the fact that especially the parents. Who are like actual humans in a latex Stan Winston costume or whatever? Mm. Those are the most terrifying ones in the whole movie because the the baby is like, well, it's a puppet, and there's a lot of things you can excuse out of a puppet, kind of like ET. But the dudes that are in a costume are like, are you supposed to give me like they give me Pale Man vibes from *Pants Labyrinth*? Like it it feels like that.
0: Oh. Well then, Pale Man is someone who's supposed to look terrifying. So it's supposed
1: to look terrifying.
0: That's Point why I was taken. like,
1: "This is not. That's not what this is supposed to be. This is not supposed to be creepy. This is supposed to be like, oh, a whimsical family of aliens running around the countryside." And it's like, no, these are monsters that will rip your gun out of your hands with zero hesitation, and then cause an explosion, <laughs> and, and for no reason. Yeah. Um, then yeah. They're immediately repulsive from the the first time you see one of them sticking a a, a straw into the ground and just starts sucking water from the ground. You're like, oh no, this is weird.
0: Absolutely, it's uh, man, I don't I don't even know how to des- further describe it other than, I guess, a fucked up skin suit alien
1: race. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. There's also like, I mean, they're clearly trying to do E.T. They're very clearly trying to do ET. We're not, we're not, we've said that many times. We will say that many more times during the course of this episode.
0: There are a couple of things that are straight, ripped. Like you can straight up draw the parallels between ET Mm -hmm. and Mac and me. One of the first ones is when Mac first gets out of the family's house, he leaves behind some footsteps. Yes. Let's say, beat for beat, exactly the same thing that happens in E.T.
1: Yes, they do They do the whole, like, oh, we have to hide him with a costume thing. They do the thing where um, he's they're, they're, like, running away from the law. It's like kids running away from the law on vehicles, on wheels. And then you realize, oh, the wheelchair is simply so they could rip off E.T. <laughs> the wheelchair is just so they can have a scene where he's, like, rolling around the city or the town or whatever with Mac on his lap. And just going through convenience stores at max speed for no reason. Uh, they have that. Um, they have the whole like luring the creature with food. They have the whole sequence where it's like, oh no, the creature is dead, and like they they bring them back to life. Well, no, uh, in
0: in, the, in this case, it's well, it's it's an it's a beat that's also in ET where oh no, the kid is dying.
1: Yeah, the kid is dying. Yes, but the alien the kid is, somehow the kid is brings him danger, back yes. to life exactly yeah through the power of love or whatever um a jerkwad older brother single mother um help from kids next door um yeah man like like even the older brother is named michael the older brother is named michael in both movies <laughs> in case you hadn't noticed nefarious nefarious government officials chasing them around um yeah man a lot of et stuff here's the thing though the part where it does break with E.T., particularly when it comes to the creatures, is I think they're trying to do Roger Rabbit at the same time. Like, they're trying to do cartoonish stuff. Like, the fact that the creatures are, like, pancaked into the windshield and sucked up into the vacuum and then, like, hit by a car. And then an explosion happens and nothing happens to them. And, yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of very cartoonish, like, tech savory level cartoon physics okay and and that's where it really becomes like disturbing and it really breaks apart from reality because like an an alien coming around and and being friends with a kid if you do it right perfectly understandable (laughs) perfectly plausible you don't know if aliens are real or not where i break with the immersion i guess is when it it gets hit by a car and squished like it was just like like an anvil was just dropped on its head, like an Acme anvil was just dropped on its head, and it's just like a puddle on the ground, and there's like little birds <laughs> circling his head, like like <laughs> you you hear like weird like Hanna Barbera sound effects, yeah, it's just just very weird and unsettling, and and it's also like yeah, they literally he literally gets shocked by like an electric fence. And he does yeah. the thing of like, uh, like he stretches out and he like levitates off the ground like a cartoon character would do if he had just been shocked by electricity. Yeah, it's, it's just very cartoonishly violent for no reason, like out of nowhere. You don't need this to be in the movie to for for the characters to be like fun and endearing. It's
0: a movie that skews incredibly young. This is supposed yes. to be for children. Yeah. And yet you have... A couple of horrific things that happen to the main character. Um, yeah. So there's that. Also, um, I, was, I was talking about earlier how there's this deleted part of the sequence at the mini mall where uh, Eric gets <laughs> shot. Which was cowardly removed from it, the movie. It, it was cowardly removed, but also if you show the kid getting shot and dying... <laughs> I think the movie would have to be rated NC-17. And Yeah, it would
1: it would be as crazy. As McDonald's,
0: I don't think you can sell an NC-17 rated <laughs> movie to yeah. raise money for your Ronald McDonald Foundation.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um another note that I have that's an actual real note. This movie has 3 million dollars more in budget besides who knows how much in marketing because this is McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Skittles like hanging out. Um and it looks like a TV special. It looks like a TV movie, like an episode of uh, Lou Ferrigno's Hulk or something.
0: Okay, no, and, and the ending where they're all you know, being sworn in as citizens <laughs> so and weird. driving around. It feels like the ending to like a skit or a sketch. It's a sketch, It doesn't feel yeah, like, it, a, like a movie ending.
1: It feels like a late 80s SNL sketch, like the Coneheads or something like that. Like it feels, it go. has that There you sort go, of that's thing. a
0: great comparison.
1: Yeah, man, it it they look like the Coneheads. I just realized it. Like, it looks like the makeup department at SNL just put, like, a baby mask <laughs> on top of all the char- all the alien characters in this movie. It's it just like, yeah, we're gonna go live in 3, 2, 1, live from New York, it's Saturday night, and they did the Conehead sketch. That's it. Um, Damn. Uh, let's say another real note. Uh, here's the thing. This movie shows why E.T. is such a great movie and such a classic, because it, it shows that... This story wouldn't work if it wasn't for the delicate touch that Steven Spielberg gives it. Because, again, E.T. is a disgusting, horrifying creature. But you (laughs) inherently come to care about him because of his infantile nature and his capacity for kindness and his relationship with Elliot and the fact that he can emote. And because you immediately understand his desire of, like, no, I want to go home to my people because I was left behind. And this movie is, like, all about, like, no, he wants to go back to his family. But because this is also a McDonald's commercial, they have to be, they have to do a lot of stops along the way. Like, no, they have to go to the McDonald's. No, they have to go to this place and that place. And E.T. is structured in such a careful way that everything makes sense. And a lot of it is done with visual metaphor. And it feels like a storybook. Like, in E.T., the sequence where they have to cover him up with a sheet makes perfect sense because it's Halloween. And it's an easy costume to put on. And you and they could have like tricked the entire neighborhood into like, no, this is my little sister and he's and she's under the the blanket or whatever. But for but in Mac and me, first of all, it's not Halloween. So they're like, How we're we gonna hide this thing? And they have to for the situation to work, they have to hide a teddy bear. They have to have a teddy bear that is big enough for Mac to fit in. Which is like for the eighties, like I mean they do have that house, so maybe they do have like <laughs> enough money to buy a giant ass teddy bear. But also there's also
0: there's also a couple of lines sort of acknowledging, you know, the, the 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 neighboring girl's mother goes in and
1: asks them, wait, what is this new teddy bear? It's it's huge and yeah, it moves they,
0: by itself. What the
1: hell is this?" They have they have to have they have to build this situation so it's inherently strange. And the the costume doesn't look good. Like it doesn't look like a real teddy bear. And then they have to come up with like excuses of like, oh, it's moving because it has computers or something. (laughs) Like they did a they did a lot of that in the eighties of like, well, it's because I got computers and microchips. That's why it's moving. (laughs) And then they, but it's just it's just so inorganic and it feels so natural in ET. Everything in ET feels so natural. And in this, they're like, "No, we have to do ET," but they don't know how to do ET, so they have to force their way through an ET riff, and it doesn't work.
0: Well said, man. <laughs> man, um, man. To be fair, I I never felt quite over this premise as I did with our last two films, with Diana the musical and Batman and Robin. There there yeah. was there was not not a timestamp where I said. You know what? I'm kind of done. I, I did <laughs> fall asleep on my first attempt to watch this last night. So yeah, that's something.
1: Um, another real note that I have the product placement. I mean, we we every time there's going to be a lot of excessive product. I mean, look, sometimes you need to have product placement in the movie for it to exist, you know? And like this movie would not exist if McDonald's wasn't like, no, we need a movie for our charities or whatever. But it's like they the fact that it's so blatant that mcdonald's is the best place in the world like like you were saying birthday parties in mcdonald's in the 80s must have been amazing
0: <laughs> yeah
1: because i've been to birthday parties in mcdonald's granted i went to them in like peripheral mexico you know what i mean mm. not in like not a, cool a lot of dances California. there not a lot of not a lot of choreographed dances there um yeah not a lot of not a lot of anything in peripheral mexico in the early 2000s um Especially Cancun, which is, like, a 40-year-old city. There was nothing except places to do a lot of legal legal and illegal drugs. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, no, like, the McDonald's part, the fact that they literally have to be like, no, give him a Coca-Cola so he can come back to life. Like, Coca-Cola is this nourishing, life-giving liquid, uh, <laughs> this this elixir from the gods. <laughs> um yeah, no and the skittles oh my god there's so much product placement in this thing it's insane
0: it's one of those things we, we've talked about this before where something bad about a movie movie gets accentuated by the fact that the movie
1: is this bad yeah so yeah it, this 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 would be this would be good if it was better is a phrase that I that I like <laughs> to throw around and <laughs> I it, mean, it may quite a it revolutionary may make no phrase. sense I don't know it may make no sense and it may sound redundant but like yeah, this if, if a little bit more thought had been put into this, maybe this wouldn't have been as memorable. Because part of like why Mac and me is still around in the conversation is because it's so memorable as like a terrible ET ripoff. But like you you could have made an ET ripoff that was like everyone knows it's a ripoff, but at least it's not horrible. <laughs> you know, like I see. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, oh, I have sure. I have a lot more notes, but uh, they're not serious notes about how this movie is bad. Do you have any notes about how this movie is bad that are not like the ones they said?
0: Well, I mean, there's the, the clipping at the start with the exploration vessel. At yeah. Where, you know, the green screen, blue screen technology, obviously <laughs> in the 80s, not quite as advanced as it is today. But it is noticeable how they are. Edges that are very, very clearly visible there. Yeah, Um,
1: yeah. I saw them too.
0: No, just plot conveniences. The aliens are highly intelligent when they need to be and incredibly stupid when they have to be. There's no consistency in their character and in their capabilities and in what their bodies are even capable of. Yeah. And, well, yeah, they can read they can fix things, but a a gun just, well, is, is a completely novel concept somehow. It is an, an inconsistent characteristic, that, to be fair, made for some tension towards the end. Do I have any more serious notes about this, about how the filmmaking is inadequate and everyone involved in the production of this should feel very proud about the fact that they got paid? Um, I'm good. In terms of the filmmaking, there isn't that much other stuff that stood out to me particularly, besides what we've already mentioned. So let's go over to your little riffs about Mac and me.
1: Okay, random notes. We need we need a little we need a bunch of jingles now. We need. What did you watch this week? We need random notes. Uh, we need um we need my soundboard. I want my soundboard. Uh, okay. So. The first note that I have is the first scene in this movie where a creature, one of the creatures pops into the frame and starts drinking from the ground with a straw. My first note says, immediately, no. That's my first note. <laughs> I see. Um, the older brother. Uh, First, he starts as like a normal jerkwad older brother, the way the older brother in E.T., who's also named Michael, as we've already established. And then by the end of the movie, he becomes like a distraught single father just like driving his little brother and his and his crush around the country just like he becomes so serious i don't know or like even the jerk what older brother needs is like well you get he's a teenager so he makes some weird decisions
0: it's an interesting subversion of that archetypal character <laughs> from 80s films I, I will say that and he has a line when he meets his crush when he says well she tells him nice to meet you and then he said me too which doesn't yeah. make sense
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um very strange. Um the older brothers very weird. Um there's a lot of shots of of the family of aliens grimly walking through the desert. One of them is carrying the baby like it's dying. It's insane. It's very very weird.
0: They look like they're dying at multiple <laughs> points of either <laughs> yeah. dehydration or starvation. Or just overall <laughs> yeah. losing their balance and falling over.
1: <laughs> overall losing their their grip on reality. Um, the little girl, the little girl next door, Debbie. What a weird new age little girl that like pops up out of a teepee, with, <laughs> like she's just playing with a teepee on the side of the road.
0: She's from the future, man.
1: She's from. She's a very she's a very hip little girl from California. Oh, well, that's California um, for you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of weird child actor stuff, which is like, I mean, again, E.T. is an impossible standard to live up to in terms, especially of the child actors, because it's some of the best child actors in the world that have ever been recorded on film acting in that movie. They're so good. And these kids are kids. (laughs) These kids are normal kids. Very much. Um... There is a scene uh, right. I think it's the morning after the kid falls over the cliff, which, as we already mentioned, that scene of the kid in the wheelchair falling over a cliff. It's most uh, because of that scene, but also because of Paul Rudd will never not be funny to me. So the day after, the day after, uh, the kid Eric uh, has next to his bed a contraption. I don't know who built it. I think it's the girl next door. It's a contraption that is. Made out of a telegraph, a like push bell and a piece of string, and I was like, "Oh yes, three th- <laughs> The telegraph is a thing every kid would have access to in the eighties, because if it's not the kid, then build... Mac.
0: I think Mac built it, not not yeah, not again, the girl.
1: Then that then that's extra egregious because it's like, what stores is Mac walking into that just have like a telegraph? And it's also like a nice telegraph, like with a wooden base and brass and all that stuff. So it's like, how did you get it? a, where did I, you get I a think, telegraph?
0: I think he had it when he moved into the house. I think it was in one of the boxes and someone made a point of getting it out. I think I remember that.
1: Oh, I didn't see that then. Then scratch that. Yeah. It's still funny that they have a telegraph in the house. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's
0: still funny that this kid has a telegraph. That's That doesn't negate yeah. your note at all.
1: Very funny. Um, This mom... First of all, this mom is clueless, and she thinks her kids are incapable of kindness and capable... Like, she thinks a wheelchair-bound kid is capable of causing all the destruction and bringing in all the plants that Mac did in the movie. <laughs>
0: that That's first, yeah. First, she believes yeah, that, that her kid is capable of unbelievable <laughs> havoc and destruction.
1: <laughs> yes. In the span of hours, which, like, I mean... I've never been in a wheelchair and I I don't think I know anyone that that has to live uh life in a wheelchair. I would imagine that wreaking havoc like that and especially like bringing plants into the house the way that Mac does in this movie. It would require if you're in a wheelchair, I imagine it would require more time than the time that is presented in the movie. So even the mom should know like wait, it is weird that this that my 10-year-old son in a wheelchair was able to bring in all this stuff and cause all this havoc in this new house that I have. And also, why would he do this? Why would he... How could he use a hacksaw or, like, a j- electric jigsaw and just do this in the house?
0: Um, without cutting his arm off, yeah. Exactly.
1: Without cutting his arm off. Um, next note is the villains are really lame, and this is part of the... This is part of what I meant by saying that this movie really shows off why E.T. works so well. Because the villains in E.T. or the antagonists in E.T. are understated, underexplained. And they're characterized by stuff that a kid would remember. Like the fact that the bad guy, in quotations, in E.T., like the guy chasing them around. The fact that the kids, or like that even the movie makes a point of showing him off first as like a guy who had keys on his belt. And stuff like jingling and jangling around. Like, a little kid would remember that, like, oh, it's a guy and he had a lot of keys on his, on his like, belt. Like, kids would remember that more easily than, like, a nefarious speech. Like, this is a point that the pe- good people at Honest Trailers did in their Honest Trailer commentary for E.T. But it's, like, you, you do a lot in terms of an antagonist for a movie about kids and that is for kids by making a presence unexplained and therefore it's more sinister and or more like imposing and stuff like these villains are like bumbling idiots from nasa and they do way too much explaining about where they're from and stuff like that and they make a bunch of speeches and then they're like running around the courthouse at the ending of the movie like you're not supposed to take these guys seriously i know no but like they're still lame, they're lame and boring, and they're the the least interesting part of this movie because my God, there's a lot of stuff going on yeah the
0: the villains, the antagonists are the authority figures, and the authority figures are the ones who start a massive shootout at the mini mall,
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, um that party scene, my God, um, so here's the thing <laughs> the party scene at McDonald's is like whatever it's a m- movie about McDonald's but then I got to thinking about this why would you make an elaborate dance sequence when your protagonist is in a wheelchair and the protagonist is looks like confused and lost while the dance is going on like there's people dancing around him and then they just cut to him and he's like very scaredly looking around looking for his older brother or for Mac or for his, the friend who invited him like oh yeah he's he's, he's looking strange. for
0: Mac because he got up on the table and started dancing
1: yeah but it's but it's also like why would you do this it's so weird <laughs> it's so very strange um i already said that the wheelchair is just an excuse for the chase sequence emulating the bike sequence from et um there's there's some wonky ADR stuff, but what movie in the '80s didn't have some wonky ADR stuff? Um, yeah. The scene where they find the all the <laughs> the family on the brink of death is legitimately terrifying. <laughs> it's legitimately yes. very very unsettling. Agreed. Um, the dad walking around with a gun <laughs> is also very funny. <laughs> It, it's, it's funny
0: and terrifying. For, for yeah. a movie this bad, it has a lot of emotions tied to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just the scene where he takes the gun out of the dude's hand and then just starts walking around the street with it, with his family in tow, is very strange. Um, and the final note that I have that is very fun to me. It took four reportedly violent aliens that have caused chaos and dismay throughout the county. It took four of them less than it takes most actual human immigrants to become U.S citizens in this movie.
0: Oh, oh yeah, wow. it took
1: normally I didn't it's think a you would go path there. To <laughs> it's a 10-year <laughs> path to citizenship, man. These guys, I don't know how much time has been between the, the events of most of Mac and me. And the scene at the end where they're just wearing very snazzy clothes. <laughs> like, but also, it's like, it's, it's so goofy. weird, right? It's very weird. It's goofy. That, that ending is very goofy, yeah.
0: In a, in a more realistic world, well, those aliens would have been executed regardless of their actions. They would have, they would <laughs> have taken the fall for the sheriff's yes. department blowing up that mini-mall.
1: Yeah, one they would have been one hundred percent. They would have been like, first of all, the cops would have been protected, or like all the blame would have been removed from them if they had caused a shootout or whatever. No, those aliens would be dead. <laughs> the, I would have kicked Max face in with a shovel if I saw him messing around my house. Like I would have, <laughs> I would have, I would have done like that's a Greg Davies joke. There's a joke in a Greg Davies special where he's like watching ET with his friend, and his friend's like. I would have killed ET if I saw him in the backyard of my house. It's like, yeah, man, I would have to. Well,
0: mo- most of us adults probably would have. That is that that is a fair assessment.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course, not everyone he, that's part of why ET works is that the only reason ET survives is because Elliot finds him. But if an adult had found him, he would have gotten a shotgun blast to the face. That's what would have happened to that to that alien. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's my final note. Uh how about we talk about how we would fix this, Max? How would you and fix this movie?
0: Well, in for our audience, I would say ET came out before this. Just go see ET. <laughs> see,
1: yeah, just see just watch ET again.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I I watched it in preparation for this. I hadn't seen it in a long time, which is why I hadn't even I hadn't even logged it on my letterbox. That's how that's how in high regard I hold letterbox now where every movie I see I have to log. ET I didn't feel I was qualified to log because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Um well, you could make this an out and out like comedy. Also, that maybe that's an idea yeah. where it's it, it almost has a sketch-like structure where the ending doesn't really matter, but what happens in between the start and finish line is what matters. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Like all those SNL movies, kind of like Caddyshack and uh, Ghostbusters in a way. Like, it's just a series of sketches connected by the thread. Connected Golf by a good enough plot. Ghost hunting. Connected by, by one element that's like, oh, the, these are all, like, ghost hunting-themed sketches. There you go. And you have, like, a sketch where Dan Aykroyd gets, uh, get, gets some head from a ghost. <laughs> that's, that's one of them. And then you have another one where you go to the library. And then you have another one where there's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Like, there's a, you have a bunch of sketches. That, Ghostbusters is a series of sketches masquerading as an 80s classic movie.
0: Yeah, exactly so you could have you know, made this that yeah you you can make this adapt the structure into something more sketch like the humor can be very infantile you know this is supposed to be for children uh yeah and maybe this turns out differently i wouldn't say better or worse because yeah in truth <laughs>
1: we will never know <laughs> we will never know i i would I think this movie would be a lot better and a lot more enjoyable if the creature design was more endearing. If the creatures themselves, <laughs> like if they didn't like if they didn't look terrifying, like just fix the face. You can fixing the face does would do wonders for this movie. Like if you fix the face and you fix the sound design because also the sounds that come out of their mouths, the weird like <laughs> that's that, that just makes it creepier. Like, if you had fixed the creatures, if you had taken some time to be like, wait, these creatures are actually terrifying and unsettling, and no kid would ever want to hang out with one of these psychopaths, maybe maybe you'd have, like, an endearing movie on your hands, like a good, well, not good, but a not horrifyingly terrible E.T. ripoff.
0: I take your point.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you have any any other ideas for how you would fix this movie?
0: No. Not really.
1: Yeah, not me neither. <laughs> I look. I'm gonna say, uh, just in in summary and summation, as John Mulaney says. I I love E.T. As I mentioned, I think E.T. is one of the most perfect movies that I've ever seen. It's so delicate and well balanced, and and it's it's kind of indelible in my head because of it. But I heavily enjoyed this movie as like a you know, there's, sometimes there's movies that are fun to roast and that are fun to watch just to be like, what is this thing? You know, like, there's a lot of movies like that. The Room is one of those. Uh, Birdemic is one of those. Sharknado is one of those. Sharknado was on purpose. But, I mean, it's still fun. Well, Sharknado um, probably started more serious,
0: this... but then when they saw the reception, they leaned into the complete schlock of
1: it. Oh, it's schlocky from the get-go, and it's I don't I don't think anyone made it thinking like I'm gonna make this a serious drama, <laughs> like a serious <laughs> about man versus two phenomenon phenomena of nature, <laughs> two two natural phenomenons in one. How is the hero going to face them with a chainsaw? <laughs> That's how he's gonna do it. Um, yeah, no, man, I I found this movie to be super funny. Uh, not on purpose. It's it's just a. It's just a fun bad movie, a very fun bizarre bad movie, that that I just held and appreciated out of like sheer, like, I appreciate it. Uh, sorry for the redundancy. I appreciate it for the sheer appreciation of how strange and bizarre and upsetting it is.
0: <laughs> and on that note,
1: guys, <laughs> on that note,
0: <laughs> what's gonna replace Mac and me on the weekly poll?
1: Okay, so here's the thing, Mac and me was the last of the four original movies we had on the poll. And in that time, we've changed the other three categories. So we have bad Mexican movies, which can also be bad German movies because I'm a Mexican, you're a German. Yes. And we can just put bad national productions in there that are tied to each of our home countries. Because we're different,
0: but we're the
1: same. We're different, but we're the same. We have a friend of ours who said that we're the same person, but in different fonts. And that's my favorite description I've ever had of you and I. (laughs) that's it's
0: interesting that's great i had
1: thought of it that way okay yeah that's uh shout out to our good friend uh i don't know if i should say her name but uh, exactly. our good friend said it um yes. so bad so local in, productions
0: bad, bad, bad local
1: productions bad blockbusters uh, blockbusters bad movies no one has heard of yes ob- like and, obscure bad movies and, and then the number infamous one
0: all-time classics, which is what infamous is. all-time
1: classics. So in that category, <laughs> in that category, we could put in The Room, we could put in Birdemic, we could put in. Um, let me see the list because I have a list of movies. I don't know if you knew this. Um, the Room, uh, Crash. I mean, Crash is not terrible. It's just not great. You could torture um, me with
0: Crash if you if you want to do that I for have... the content. You could torture me with Crash. Oh.
1: <laughs> um. Cats. Cats could be in this. Um, uh, Jack and Jill could be in this category. Uh, the Last Airbender by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, quick, what quick, anecdote,
0: quick anecdote about The Last Airbender. My mother knew that I was into the original Avatar show on Nickelodeon when we yeah. still lived in Germany. We then moved to Mexico and then a couple of years after that happened... The last Airbender film came out, and she said, "Oh, look at that! It's based on the cartoon that you like. Let's go watch it together." And then yeah. the movie was almost over, and then my mom said, "Before the climactic action sequence, hey, uh, do you want to leave?" And I said, "Yeah." And then we left. <laughs> <laughs> we left. Oh my oh, God! My 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 uh, beautiful, amazing mother wanted to wanted to do something nice for me, taking me to the last Airbender, and then. <laughs> it was bad and we could both tell and neither of us liked it.
1: Yeah. Um so what are you thinking
0: for this category? You I mean last time we tort we we have tortured you properly on the podcast with the emoji movie and and even though I had a really bad time with Batman and Robin I haven't quite felt that same feeling. So in order to balance it out, I'll give you the choice between The Last Airbender or Crash. <laughs> and we'll put oh, one of man. those two on the poll.
1: Oh, my God. I I don't really have a lot to say about Crash, so I guess Last Airbender would be a good choice for next week. Very well. There it is. So there it is. We're replacing Mac and me with uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. Um, Max, where can people find you? People could
0: find me around the band, man. I'm around. Just, you know, if you see me, talk to me. And... <laughs> maybe i'll talk back you can also find me on the net uh on instagram at masswere uh, on letterboxd at masswere11 we have a little list there where we're compiling all the movies yeah. that we that we've seen for the show
1: uh yes come over say hi um also a little shout out cuz i want to support my talented friends uh By the time this video comes out, oh, video. By the time this episode comes out on your favorite podcasting platforms and also all the other podcasting platforms, uh, Max will have already been in Querétaro for a film festival in which he is showing off a short film he made called Ya Veremos. Uh, It's a very fun short film. If you get the chance to watch it via online or wherever it's available, please watch it and support it. And shout out to my good friend Max Elbeck, man.
0: All right. Thank you so much.
1: You're very uh, welcome, my bud.
0: <laughs>
1: Good, Pat, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at my house, but please don't come to my house. Uh, but you mm. can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Pat is an idiot. You can also find me on Letterboxd. I don't do five-star reviews unless I think those movies are really perfect. Um, I'm Pat Magaña on Letterboxd. Please uh You know, Pat is an idiot as well on Letterboxd. Uh, Give me a shout out, uh, hang out. It's all good, man. It's all good in the neighborhood.
0: Excellent. Well, then, we'll listen to each other next week. Have a wonderful time, and we'll see you very soon again.
1: Have a great week, everybody. Uh, Go watch ET again.
0: (laughs) Yes, if that's the only takeaway that you have from this podcast, it'll be a good one.
1: Yep. Goodbye.
0: Bye.